Hi guys, welcome to another edition of Gold Bazan. The year 1998 was a very memorable year for many Iranian football lovers against that historic match that we beat the United States 2-1. Today we're joined by Steve Sampson. He was a notable head coach of the U.S. men's national team back in 1998, also the former head coach of LA Galaxy. We just wanted to talk about that experience, about what he thought about the match, and um, anything that occurred after or during it. As always, we couldn't thank you enough for the support you guys have given us. Please keep subscribing to us on iTunes. We're also on Android. You can find us on Facebook or Twitter, and we're on different platforms um, as well. Thank you as always, and I hope you guys enjoy this interview. Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Gold Bazan. Right now, I'm joined by former manager of LA Galaxy and um, U.S. manager back in 1998, Steve Sampson. Thank you, Steve, for coming on Gold Bazan. I appreciate your time, sir. My pleasure. Anytime. Yeah. So as you know, um, you know that great historic match that Iran played versus USA, basically one World Cup group game that did more to repair relations between Iran and the United States than decades of diplomacy. Um, before the whole match and everything, Stephen, um, if you could talk about back in 1998, um, were you able to do a lot of scouting or homework on Iran's national team before even leading up to the games that happened with the World Cup? Well, yes, uh, we were able to. I had an assistant coach whose name was Ashin Gotti. Mm-hmm. He was like a, um, a, a second assistant for me. He actually was the... Uh, You know, before we talk about, you know, what happened on the field, um, you know, because of the media attention, as you could expect, it was more than just a game because of the political tension that for decades have been happening between these two uh, great nations. Um, how hard was it um, for psychologically to prepare your team against Iran um, in terms of, you know, just focusing on the football aspect of it, not anything that happens outside the world of football? Well, 
shortly as the, the World Cup draw uh, in December of 1997, uh, once Iran was drawn to play against the United States in the World Cup in 1998, uh, there was a, a massive concern with respect to security. Mm -hmm. um, there was uh, an enormous amount of effort by FIFA to depoliticize uh, the match and I did everything possible to depoliticize the match. I, I wanted it to be more about football than politics, um, but there was no escaping the fact that it was a very high-profile match from a historical standpoint, but also from a security standpoint. There were hundreds and hundreds of plain-closed uh, security um, officers in the stadium. Our, <clears throat> our national team had... Um, security uh, in and around us uh, during the entire World Cup, mm -hmm. uh, 24 hours a day. Uh, I thought it was a bit overkill, but I had to respect the wishes of uh, the organizing committee and FIFA. Um, every attempt was made prior to the game with the exchange of, of flowers and, and, and pleasantries to, to again make it mm -hmm. more about football than, than about politics. And I really, I really believe on the day that that was accomplished. Yes. Um, so in, in the end, in the end, it, it, it truly became um, a, a match about football and, and not the political tensions that existed between the countries historically. You know, Steve, you're talking about, you know, the security measures and everything, which could be really overwhelming, not only for yourself, but the players as well. Um, how hard was it to honestly to, to have to cope with this kind of issue, especially kind of prepare your players? Supposed to, you know, nothing drastic happens um, before the match or after the match um, to get these players ready. Um, how difficult was it to cope with it? Well, you know, to, to be honest, um, I think we did a very good job of, of not talking about all of the politics and the security in and around the match. Um, we knew that it was a very critical match for us in order to stay in the tournament. And so um, my coaches and I, all we did was talk about the, the football aspects of, of the match and, and how important it was that we prepare effectively uh, for the game. Uh, I think a lot of people in and around uh, the team, whether it be family members, whether it be members of the federation, um, they constantly were talking about it, and, and and I was trying to get them to to stop talking about it. Mm -hmm. uh, so I do believe that, in as much as we made a, a great effort to to focus on the football, it it did in the end become a distraction. Um, to what extent, I have no idea. It's hard to measure those kinds of things, um, but. Bottom line is that uh, there were moments in the game where, where I think the Iranian team played very well and and, and we did not and we we opened up the game too much because we were so desperate to score and desperate to beat Iran and, and that was at a stage when when the U.S. national team that was still very young in in uh, in its development uh, on the world stage and I think on the day where we were a little bit naive. Uh, with respect to our approach to the game, um, over-attacking and, and not trying to possess the ball a bit more and being a little bit more patient in, in our ability to, to get in behind the Iranian defense. And I think because of that, um, we overcommitted players offensively and, and left ourselves open um, in between.
our midfield line and our back line. And so for me, it was less about the politics and less about the security and, and mm-hmm. more about, you know, the, the, the moments of lack of concentration uh, that took place on the field that, that uh, led to the victory by Iran. Steve, you know, you obviously touch base upon Mahda Bikia, um, Ali Dai, as you know, as you can imagine, very well-respected players um, within, you know, the continent of Asia and everything. Um, which Iranian player besides them that did you believe, if you remember, that needed extra care um, when you guys were up playing? Was it Estili, which he scored, but was there anybody else in that time period? Well, really, those those are the three players, Estili uh, mm-hmm. and... Um, Madhavikian and Ali Dai. I mean, those were the key players. I mean, the other players I thought did a did a very good job of, of balancing off of those three. Uh, but it was pretty apparent to me and to the rest that uh, Ali Dai was was the target player to, that they played through. And Madhavikian, uh, I don't know if you remember the likes of Bebeto and, and Romario. Romario was the target player for Brazil, and Bebeto mm-hmm. was the one that did all the running for for Romario. Um, and was really the player that, that should be credited for a lot of Romario's success. And I really believe that Ali Ai's success was in large part due to Estili and, and, and due to Maravekian. You know, those, those players, I think, were exceptional. Uh, great speed, great technical proficiency, mm-hmm. Ali Ai's ability in the air, Ali Ai's ability to, to hold the ball and to be such a strong presence um, in the attacking third of the field. You know, so... But what impressed me most about the Iranian team was was their overall ability to to defend and their balance uh, offensively, to be able to attack to the flanks and be able to attack to the middle of the field, and their ability to counterattack with great speed of transition. Um, But really, those are the three players for me that, that to this day stick out in my mind for the Iranian national team. You know, in the group, there was obviously Germany, uh, Yugoslavia was Iran, and um, the United States. Um, you know, obviously you guys played, everybody played against one another. Which of these sides did you feel was more destined to achieve during the World Cup? Well, uh, uh, Germany, of course, was coming off winning mm-hmm. the, the European Championship. Yeah. Um, they were European champions in, in 1996, and... Uh, they were riding the high of, of, of doing so well through the qualification phase and to uh, uh, being European champions. And, and I just felt from, from their goalkeeper all the way to their front line, they were the most complete team in our group especially. Um, I think uh, having to play Germany uh, in our opening match was not to our favor, of course. Uh, as you know, it's, it's it's important in a world championship to to get points in your first game uh, because if you don't, then it, then it puts too much pressure on on the subsequent game. Um, you know, Jurgen Klinsmann, who played against us, scored a clinical goal uh, in the second half, um, and I really felt that, that the United States played intelligently from a defensive standpoint in the first half, but we gave away a very silly goal, a very mm-hmm. easy goal for them.
difference at the time between the American play, uh, team that played prior to, uh, to the 1990 World Cup to the 1998 World Cup was that we actually played to win in that second half. Uh, we played to win against Iran and even against Yugoslavia in the third match, we played to win. Uh, but I think Yugoslavia was another team that, that people today don't realize how many incredibly special players Yugoslavia had at the time. And now, hmm. with the breakup of Yugoslavia, you know, uh, whether it's Serbia or Croatia, uh, you know, that team was, was an exceptional team. And it didn't surprise me that, that, that Yugoslavia beat Iran in, in their first match. And then it really came down to the Iran uh, playing against the United States to see who would be able to survive. You know, and then I, I just think that even Iran... Um, would have problems against Germany, and they did because Germany just had too many special players on the field. Right. Um, Stephen, right now I want to talk about today, and as you could imagine, there's always been talks that hopefully, you know, as there, as you know, there's many, many, even Iranians living in California and even the states itself. Oh, there's always been talks that hopefully one day there will be a friendly match again between Iran and the United States. From your own standpoint, and you know, looking back at 1998 and the exchange of flowers, the symbolic figure that it presented in sense of unity and togetherness. How would you, if somebody has been talking to you about this, how would you signify this in the terms of that if it will happen? Um, how would you see it yourself at the time, comparing it to now? As there's always been talks about hopefully it will happen under, you know, her and uh, Klinsman's team, but um, looking at it now, is this something that you believe will be much bigger than football like it was back in 1998? Well, I, I have a lot of Iranian friends. Right. Um, here in the United States, and you know, one of the things that I love about my Iranian friends is that they love America just like any other American. Right. And and they love being here and, and living here in the United States, and and they don't politicize the relationship between the United States and Iran. It's it's the politicians that yes. politicize, obviously, and I think the people of Iran. Um, obviously with few exceptions. There's exceptions in Iran and, and there's exceptions uh, here in the United States of, of, of people that are maybe hypersensitive to the relationship. But most Iranians and most, I believe, Americans and Iranian-Americans um, would love to see something like this happen. You know, mm-hmm. um, I personally would love to see something like this happen. Uh, Sport tends to be the unifying factor many times when when two countries are having problems at the political level. Uh, we've seen this in China. We've seen this in Russia. Um, you know, and I believe that it would be, I think, very special and very symbolic if the United States could play Iran one game there and one game here, yeah. and 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 use use the. Um, to bring the two peoples together. And I really believe that whether it's the efforts to, you know, for the nuclear arms issue, you know, to, to come to terms with each other, um, I do believe that there's a lot of people in this country and in Iran that would love to see the two countries come together and, and, and make peace, I mean, complete peace from top to bottom. But every Iranian that I've met here in the United States has been nothing but polite, nothing but patriotic, and nothing uh, but appreciative of, of the opportunities that this country has given them, 
without losing without losing their their love of, of, of where they were born and their and their love of their roots you know which I also believe is important right. you know so I don't tend to be a very political individual but I would I would love to see a game like that happen right. see my final question to you is and that's something that even myself living in the states was something I admire even growing up in Iran and moving here um, do you still, by any chance, stay and remain in contact with Afshin Gotbi? Um, he even was managing, I believe at the time, uh, LA Galaxy, uh, I believe as an assistant coach, if I'm not mistaken, and um, even manager Ron. Do you still remain in contact with Gotbi? I do, I do. Uh, he was most recently in, uh, in Thailand. Right. Um, coaching one of their top, if not their top team there. He was in Japan for three, four years. Uh, after his um, his stint with uh, Iran, uh, so you know, Asim uh, continues to be, I think, one of the finest uh, American coaches um, you know that this country has ever produced. It's uh, it's unfortunate that because he's been in Iran and in Japan that he hasn't gotten the recognition that he truly Indeed. deserves. Because I think you think he is is truly one of the best professional coaches uh, uh, from the United States and and it's not easy as you know to, to yes. have success in Iran uh, as an Iranian American especially and so so I think his ability to cross over um, into Iran and to survive and as you know it's very difficult to survive as a coach in Iran right um, and then to take that experience and survive for five years in Japan is truly special. I'm shocked that he hasn't been given the opportunity to coach here in the MLS. And and my hope for him is that he's given that opportunity because he truly is a an incredible human being and uh, an outstanding coach. And yes, I do stay in touch, touch with him. We we email and text each other and talk at least two or three times a month. Right. Yeah, that's somebody that we've been uh, thinking about of why he hasn't ever gotten a chance, especially knowing his CV in the terms of on a global scale, how much, you know, football, you know, aspects throughout the world he's gotten experience from in Asia and trying to bring that experience even when he was working in the United States. Mr. Steven Sampson, really appreciate you coming on the pod. Um, hopefully, I don't know if you still watch any matches of Iran or anything at this moment, um, but we hope that we could have you on in the pod very, very soon. Well, I know that uh, Carlos Quiroz is doing an outstanding job and has done an right. outstanding job, and I think Iran has a, an, an exceptional coaching staff um, available to them now, and they should hold on to him as long as they possibly can because he's only going to make football in Iran better. Um, but it's been my pleasure, um, and I wish all of your fan base out there, the entire Iranian-American community, uh, well wishes. And uh, I've always been very thankful of them for their support of me. Um, and I hope your dream and my dream one day is realized by Definitely. the two countries playing an international match someday soon. Steven, thank you so much. I appreciate it. But my final question now that you just um, talked about assistance, as you know, um, I'm not sure if you personally know Mr. Dan Gaspar. Um, he's Iran. I know him very well. Yeah. He's a very good friend. Yeah, yeah. so um, speaking about him, did you ever, did he ever contact you anything about, you know, that match against Iran, about him going to Iran? Because he's right now Iran's goalkeeping coach and very, very well respected and always talks very highly about Iran and how he's being treated there. Um, 
has has there ever been any communication about you know the culture aspects, the football aspects between the two nations that you guys have exchanged? Well, uh, Dan Gaspar has, has been an assistant coach and very been very close to Carlos Quiroz for many many years. So I think Carlos Quiroz, if he was in Portugal or in, in England or in Iran, uh, is going to bring Dan Gaspar with him because. One, they speak the same language, and two, they have complete trust and loyalty. And at the national team level, you need to surround yourself that are completely loyal and are very competent, and Dan Kaspar is both of those things. Um, and I know that the Iranian Federation and the Iranian government uh, has treated them very well. I've heard nothing but good things from Dan mm -hmm. about his experience in Iran. Uh, as you know, it could be quite difficult, you know, because exactly. they're... They're, you know, they're, they're somewhat isolated and, and constantly busy with, with football and activities, and maybe sometimes they miss home, you know, and, and being away from home, whether it's Portugal or the United States, is a very difficult thing for Carlos Quiroz and Dan Gaspar, but um, this is why they're football professionals, and they, they understand the opportunity, and they appreciate the opportunity that Iran is giving them to stay on the world stage, so I think they're going to stay as long as they possibly can and take advantage of that opportunity. Thank you so much, Mr. Samson. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, we'll definitely use you more, and um, hopefully one day we'll even have Dan and Kay Rashawn. 